Today's Dav is Dav Lamed Ches. We are holding uh, three lines from the top of Lamed Ches, Almed Aleph. Amrav Acha Bar Ado, the Marova Paskinen Lahadim Psukal Tosab Sukin. In Eretz Yisrael, the same Posuk that we in Bovel have in the Sora is one long Posuk. In Eretz Yisrael, they make it into three Psukim. So there's a shy what the Mesora is about, how to read the following Posuk. Now, the full Pasuk, if you take a look at the Torah, Mas- Torah Or Asholem, uh, number five, is Vayom Rashem al Moshe, Hine Anochi Boy Lecha Be'av Ha'anon, Ba'avur Yishma Ha'am Be'dabri Imoch, Ve'gam B'chay Yamina Lo'ilam, Ve'yageid Moshe Divrei Ha'am El Hashem. Shmois Yutes, Pasuk Tes, one Pasuk, one long Pasuk. In Eretz Yisrael, they made that into... Three psukim. How did they read in Eretz Yisrael? They read Vayom Hashem al Moshe Hiyani Anochi Boy Lecha Be'av Ha'anon. That was pasuk one. Then they had uh, where's the place Be'av Ha'anon Ba'avur Yishma Am B'Dabri Imach V'Gamachoy Yaminu Elam pasuk two and Vayagen Moshe as Divra Am El Hashem pasuk three. So they made it into three psukim. What was one pasuk in Bavel? I'm Rabbi Chama Bar Chanina. Lo ha'eshir Moshe elam ipsultan shaluchais. Moshe Rabbeinu was a wealthy man, but the way he became wealthy was from the chips in the uh, the, the, the the second luchais were made out of sapphire. So when he carved out, Moshe carved out the letters of the luchais, the chips that came from that slab, he was able to keep from himself, and that's how he became a wealthy man. How do we know this? Shenema, because the Pazik says like this, HaKash Baruch told him, He said to him, carve out two sets of tablets like the first one. The word psal to carve out is also a psalis. Psalis means the chips, the leftovers. So psalacha means sultan shalcha yehei. That the chips belong to you. You get to keep the leftovers. This is an unbelievable statement that initially that uh, the Torah was given was only for Moshe and his direct descendants. So, so we'll have to see what this means. But it means that it's Mashmah that it wasn't given to the whole Klai Yisrael. It was only given to Moshe and his direct descendants. Shenemar could say, Ksav Lecha. Ksav Lecha, write for yourself. It's like Ksav Lecha. Just like Ksav Lecha means it's for you to keep. So Ksav Lecha was just for you. It wasn't for the Gans Klai Yisrael. So Ma'ab Sultan Shalcha, just as the chips belong to you. Ab Ksav, and so to the writing on the Luchos, which represents the Torah, Shalcha should also belong to you. So, but Moshe Nagba Tevas Ayin. But Moshe, in his generosity, he shared everything with the rest. Venosna Leisol, and he gave it to Kaisol. And concerning Moshe, the pasuk says, Tev Ayin Hu Yevurach, that the generous person with a generous eye will be blessed. So Moshe Rav Chizr, how can you say that the initial thought was only to give the Torah to Moshe and his direct descendants, but not to Gans Kaisal? The Chayra, we had a pasuk yesterday. It says, "Va'aisi tziva Hashem, that at that time Hashem instructed me lelamed eschem to teach you lechayra shteifefeirish that what that Moshe was given the Torah." To teach God's class, so not just to limit it to Moshe and his descendants. And for the Gemara, tziva, the way he said, Hashem instructed it for me. Hashem gave the Torah for me. 
Va'ani, and I took it upon myself, lilamed eschem. But it wasn't the instruction was to teach you. That wasn't part of the plan. The plan was the terrorist for me. I accepted myself to teach the rest of Kali right, So we can't say that much didn't get paid. That he didn't... Uh, get paid. From which part are you saying that? From which part? We're saying that it was given, he gave it to us, and it wasn't... He got he got it from Hashem for free, and even though we say he got wealthy from it, he right, got the so chips yeah, over there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. there's residuals. Now I'm going to guess. Now says more like this. They're going to ask another kasha. It says like this. This is a pasuk in uh, in also in, in Devarim. It says Re'eli Mariti Eschem. Behold, I have taught you Chukam and Mishpatim. Tivani Hashem Elokai Lastos Kain. So now again, this thing's, it's I taught it to you, but why did I teach it to you? At the behest of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. So Nachamot, Mashma, not that it was given to Moshe, it was given to Moshe to teach. That, that's the one's kasha. So again, so the one answers, uh, uh, again, it says that Hashem gave it to me, Hashem, Hashem commanded me for myself. Va'ani, and I took it upon myself to teach you. So again, we're still sticking with the thing that was given only to Moshe. Frag the Gemara like this. We have another pasuk. This is a pasuk that is in Sefer Dvarim. Va'ato now kis v'lachem es Hashira Hazarais. The Gemara understands the word Shira refers to the whole Torah, and you see, Hakadosh Baruch Hu was instructing kis v'lachem that you have to write it for yourselves as mashma that the whole Torah was what was given to us. Sigmora says, Hashir Luchud, it's only referring to Hazinu. The word Hashira doesn't refer to the whole Taira. It means, yeah, Hazinu was given to us. Sigmora says, the problem with that is, the next part of us, Lamantia Hashira Azais, Le'eid Bevnei Yisrael. Hashem says, give it over to them, so that when things start going bad, the, the Shira will be the Eidus, is that you should have kept the Taira. Well, if you tell them the Shira only refers to Hazinu, then how could that be an Eidus that they should have kept the Taira? What's that? <laughs> Wait. They read Azim during like, um, on like, uh, what is it that they read? Harpus Azim, what's it? Is that in, um, Shonarabha? They read Azim. Maybe. Could be a Shana Rabba night. People review usually uh, say for Dvarim they go over right. So Ella says the Gemara. The Gemara comes out like this: Pilpula be'alma. So Gemara now it's Chayzer. Avada. There was no Shaila. The the, the Torah with the six hundred and thirteen mitzvahs were given to Klal from the get go. But Moshe Rabbeinu was given the exclusive control on Pilpul. Pilpul means the capacity to analyze Torah and the Geshmak of Torah, the learning, to be able to compare and answer and derive, and maybe the usage of Yigimel Midos, all that was specifically given in the realm of Moshe. That is what he shared. The Pilpula part of Torah is what he shared with Klal But the, the Torah, in, in terms of its entirety, and the mitzvahs, Avada, from the get-go, that was given as an instruction that he was had to teach Klal What he gave over was given to him as a matana, was the pilpul. That's what he gave over to them in his generosity. Let's go weiter. Amr Baruch will not give uh, put place in Shechina. Maybe uh, it means Nevuah, Ruch HaKadosh, not clear. But he, then this Kayach of Gimashra that he gives over the, his, his 
places a shechina on a person, he in, in, uh, gives a person divine inspiration, is Ella al-Gibor, unless the person is a powerful person, he's got to be strong, Asher, he has to be wealthy, Chacham, he has to be wise, V'anav, and he needs to be humble. If you have those four qualities, then a person is ro'oi to have the shechina be uh, uh, placed upon him. V'chulan mimoshe, and we learn all of these four qualities because they were embodied in Moshe. Gibor, how do we know Moshe was a Gibor? How do we know he was a, he was a strong guy? It says that the oil was the, uh, the layer of, 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 of skins that went on top to make for the, 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 the roof of the, uh, the Mishkan. So it says, So that Moshe Rabbeinu was the one, he himself physically was the one who spread it out. We know that each one of these Kroshim were ten Amas high, which means Moshe had to be at least ten Amas high to be able to spread. I don't know they never step ladders back then. But nevertheless, it said that Moshe spread it, so Moshe had to be at least, so yeah, he was ten Amas high, ten Amas we're talking about, what is that? Uh, 15 feet, 20 feet, what is it? Uh, two, uh, two, uh, two feet per hour. Anyway, so he was, he was, uh, there was, there was, it says like this, Ema de Arich Bekotin. Maybe he was very tall, but he was feeble. Maybe he was like very skinny. The fact that he was that tall doesn't necessarily show that he was necessarily that strong. So when Ella Min Hadein Kro, the rise from the following puzzle, the Sivazik Etfais, Moshe Rabbeinu says that I grabbed the Shnei Aluchas, the two tablets, Vashlichem Me'al Shtei Yodah, and I threw them with force from my hands, Esbarim, and I broke them. Now that means he was able to pick up and slam down the Luchas. But Tanya, we know that we learned in a Bryce, Aluchas, Arklan Sheish, Verachman Sheish, Verabyan Sholish, that they were six tvachim uh, uh, wide, uh, six tvachim high, six tvachim wide, and they were three tvachim thick. Now they're made out of solid rock, to be able to pick them up and slam them down, you need to be able to have some strength to be able to do that. So that's a rai that Moshe Rabbeinu was a gibor, that he had the kayach. Asher, we just learned that Tzolachah Sultan that the chips will be yours. Adashtikal Kasha is because the Chayra, the Shechina was Shara and Moshe Rabbeinu before. But you tell him it has to be on an Asher. This happened by Luchah Shniyas that he got the, whatever, I know. Tzolachim, What's the raya that he was wise? Sigmar says, Rav Shmuel, Dhamit Rabbi, Rav Shmuel, both say, Chachamishim Sha'are Bino Nivru Ba'ulam, there were 50 gates of wisdom, 50 levels of wisdom in the world, Bechula Nitno Moshe Chaser Achas, they were all given to Moshe Rabbeinu, minus one. Moshe Rabbeinu was able to get to the 49th level of wisdom, which Ravada just means there was a Chacham, right? Shanema Batachasreu Ma'at Me'elokim, that there was, he was a, the, the knowledge of the awareness of complete awareness of Elohim was missing, was lacking, because there was one, one shar which he did not get. And Anav, that he was a very, uh, he, he was very humble. So those are the four qualities for having Hashras Ashkina. Amrab Yechanan, Kalanavi Mashirim, Hayu, that all of the Nevi'im were wealthy, Minalan, so we know that from Moshe Mishmuel, Me'amais Umiyayna, from these four Nevi'im. Moshe Dechsev, Loi Chamar Echad Mehem Nasasi, it's interesting, the more it starts of bringing a ride that he was wealthy from a different process. It says that Moshe Rabbeinu had tainas against Kleisrael, that they were complaining, and he said, you know, I never imposed myself on them at all. I never took even one donkey. 
Now, what does it mean I never took one donkey from them? Ibele agro, if it means I took, a, I never took it like by force without paying them rent for it, right? He says, la bukimans, what's he, what, what, he's praising, he's, he's, he's praising himself. I didn't even take one donkey. That means I didn't steal it from them. That's not a big, that's not a big praise to say I never stole from them. So therefore, la bukiman, the shakla is coming to exclude the, a, a leader that would take without, uh, by force from his people. So the shakla below agro. El da agro, what he's saying, is I did not impose upon them. I did not even take it, even if with, with money. I'm not, I did not want to feel that they, they create any level of imposition. I did not take it even with money. Right? So what do you see though? The Moshe must have been completely self-sufficient. If he did not have to give money from anything from Klaisol to take, he didn't need it. Why didn't he need it? Because he had his own money, the Chayra. So you see that he is wealthy. Pregdimar maybe the Pshad is he didn't give with money because he couldn't afford it. Had maybe he was poor. How do you see from there that he's wealthy? Pregdimar Dil Mishum the Anihava maybe it's because he was poor. Ella, the raya is the raya we had earlier. I mean, salacha, sultan shiehe shalach, that the, the, chips of the sapphire he was able to keep. Shmuel, where do we see that Shmuel Andovi was wealthy? Similar to the story that they wanted to make themselves a king. And they spoke up, they asked in an inappropriate manner that they want to have a king, and Shmuel was upset. And he said, they have spoken against me, Negan Hashem, they spoke against Hashem, Negan Hashem, against his anointed one. And he says, and I don't know why they should have any tainas. What are they looking for something else? He says, Ashor milakachti, v'chamor milakachti. Did I ever take from them one shor or one chamor or one ox, one donkey? Now what is he saying? Again, no chamor. If he's saying, I never took it without paying for it. So he's praising himself. He says, as opposed to other leaders that would steal, that, 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 that's a shvach. Means, I never took it even with pay. I never imposed myself even by giving them the money. I never took from them. Now, why would you not have needed to take from them? Must be because he was self-sufficient. Again, maybe the Pshadi never gave it for money. It was because he couldn't afford to give it. Whereas his Dilma da Anihave, maybe himself was poor. The raya is from here. Where the Pasuk says like this. The Pasuk says that, that Shmuel Novi had a circuit. That he would go around uh, in, to visit all the different places. And then come back home uh, uh, on, on a yearly basis. So it says, When he would return to Rama. Kisham Beisai, for that is where his house was. Vasham Shabbat Yisrael, and there he judged Yisrael from his Bible. The puzzle lists all the places he went to, and it says that he would come back to Ramah. Kisham Beisai. Now the, the clause Kisham Beisai is a little bit superfluous, redundant. Because he's Shmuel Aramasi, he's called Shmuel Aramasi throughout the Nach. We know that his home was Ramah. in Ramah. So why do I have to say that when he returned to Ramah, Kisham Beso. So Chazal Dash and the Sham Beso is not going on Rama. Sham Beso is going on every place that he would go to. Wherever he would go, Sham Beso, he never needed anything from the populace of where he was because he was completely self-sufficient. He had his house with him. He was completely self-sufficient. That's the shot. So therefore, like this. So therefore, Amarabah, Kamakam Shahalach, anywhere he would go, Beso Imoy, his house was with him. So it's a raya that he was a wealthy individual. Amarava, Godal Masha Nemar Bishmul, Yezmeshra Nemar Bemoisha. That the truth of the matter is that the, the, the greatness 
the way it's ascribed in the terms of what Shmuel said is even greater than what was ascribed in the terms of Moshe. It doesn't mean that Shmuel was greater necessarily, but it means that the way the Pesach is the description in this particular instant, that it's more law, uh, more praiseworthy the way it was written about Shmuel than it was about Moshe. Why? By Moshe It means that I never took from them, even one donkey, which means, it means that I, even if I had the power to take it, right, I for sure wouldn't have taken without paying, but I would never have imposed myself to take it even with money. But it's mashma through imposition. Let's say they themselves willfully would come and say, we want you to take, it's good, it could be that, with, that without imposition, it's Marshall, he might have taken. But it means he never imposed himself, even for money, he never imposed himself. But by Shmuel, it says, he never, he wouldn't have taken it, even if it would have been willfully, from their part, wanting to give it, he wouldn't have taken. That's the way it's Marshall. It could be Marshall Ben never took it either way, but the way it's written in the Psukim, it's greater by Shmuel. Because he would not even rent, even even if it's from their part that they wanted to give it to him, he would not have rented it. They, they, they accepted what Shmuel was saying. It's like, you did not impose upon us, you did not pressure us. And you did not even take it when it would have been willfully you didn't take from us. You see that by Shmuel, even willfully he refused to give money, even if they themselves would be in full consent of doing so. All right, let's go back to Amos. How do we know Amos was wealthy? Amos. Amos was speaking to Amatio. Vayomer el Amatio. He said to Amatio, Loi novi anechi. He says, I'm not a novi. He was actually, he was a novi. But he said, I'm not a novi. I'm not the son of a novi. Anechi. Ki boiker. I am a herdsman. I'm in charge of cattle. Bakar. Boiker anechi. Uvoilish komim. And I'm an expert of uh, sycamore trees. Means uh, to determine which ones need to be pruned, which ones don't need to be pruned. That's what I do. That's all right. And, and, but what's the time? of the Pesach saying, the Targum of Yosef, is that I own many herds and I own uh, trees in the valley. Means he owned land, he owned cattle, so we see that he was a wealthy person. And So the symbol of shot was he bought a ticket to go on the boat. Remember when he's trying to run away? So it says He bought the boat. It doesn't mean it means that he actually bought the boat. So he paid for the actual boat, and how much was it? Havidalat alafim dinre dava was four thousand dinarim of gold, a lot, a lot of money. That initially, when Hashem was trying to teach Moshe Torah, so he was teaching it to Moshakha. He couldn't, he couldn't cop it. He was like, forget it. And ignachamo, ignachamo. He kept forgetting. Until Hashem gave it to him as a gift. That he gave it to Moshe when he completed speaking to him. He gave it as a gift. That's how the, I understand also the Lashon Kechalos is a Lashon of Kala. He gave it to him like a kala. He gave it to him that, that like it became bonded with him. The Torah became bonded. That's what, uh, that's what I, but I didn't see anyone say that, but I think that's what it means. All right, let's go back to it. 
Okay, Zodei Luga Mishnah. Now, we're talking about over here where Reuven had made a nether that Shimon is not allowed to benefit from Reuven. Right? So Shimon is not allowed to benefit from Reuven. We're going to learn in this Mishnah that even though Shimon is not allowed to get any benefit from Reuven, if, if Reuven wants, he can feed Shimon's wife and feed Shimon's children. Now, the question is, why isn't feeding Shimon's ch- ch- wife and children considered to be a benefit of Reuven? Now, there are some Rishonim that learn that this goes back to the Machlekas Hanan and the Bnei Kohanim Gedolim we had uh, earlier in the Masechta and Masechus Ksuvis, is that if you take away a liability from a person, is that considered directly as benefiting him? Mavriach Ari, you chase away the lion from his, uh, from his flock, have you considered like you've benefited him or not? Because you're just taking away a problem as directly benefits. So some say that this therefore is going like Hanan, and therefore it's not going like the Bnei Kohanim Gedolim, not going like the Rabbonon, because since you're only taking away a liability that you would have to feed your wife, feed your children, the Ran doesn't go with that. The Ran goes with the Mahalach, is that you're not liable, really, to feed your wife and feed your children, it's only a mitzvah. And therefore, it's like you're doing the mitzvah on behalf of the other person, which creates all kinds of issues, because, uh, so it, it could be, and again, we're going to see the Ransons later on, the Ransons later on, then, by, when it comes by the animals, is we're not talking about they're going to die if you don't feed them. It means the basic necessities are there. You're paying... Above and beyond. I mean, maybe above and beyond, that's not necessarily a direct liability. It's a nice thing to do. It's a mitzvah to do. But to say that, therefore, it's considered like you benefited the husband or the father, that's not considered to be a direct benefit and that you're allowed to go ahead and do. What's that? They weren't going to starve. They weren't going to starve. Yeah, that's, that could be the shot. And that, because Ron says it for sure in the next piece of the, of the mission. So we'll see. So let's see. That's an Achamos. It says, V'zanus Ishtai, that Ruvain can support, can feed the wife of Shimon, V'zbonav and Shimon's children, Avu B'zuchai B'zanasam, even though Shimon himself has a Chi of Mizonos, that's not considered to be here a direct uh, benefit that he is giving. Again, either way, the one of the two ways that you're showing him, either because you're taking away a liability or because the basic liability has been taken care of and what you're doing now is just an additional mitzvah which is not considered to be directly beneficial. But the Tanakama's shita is that you are not allowed to feed his animals. Feeding his animals is considered to be directly benefiting him, whether it's the kosher animals, so whether you're feeding his cows or whether you're feeding his donkeys. Either way, you are not allowed. That would be in violation of the neder. Rebelezer makes a difference between non-kosher animal you are allowed to feed and the kosher animals you're not allowed to feed. So the Chachamim said to him, What's the difference? If you're allowed to, you're allowed to. If you're not allowed, you're not allowed to. But how could it be a difference between whether it's a kosher animal or it's a non-kosher? What's the difference whether you're feeding his cow or you're feeding his horse? So Amar Lahu, he said like this. Let me explain it outside and we'll see it inside. He says like this. A kosher animal predominantly is for its meat, to eat. So therefore, if you fatten up the animal, you're directly benefiting the owner. Whereas a non-kosher animal is for work. 
In fact, the Ron points out that making it fat and fe- is actually has an it, it, it makes it indolent and makes it more. So therefore, so since the fe- the fattening of the animal is the, like kosher animal as a whole, that's directly beneficial to the owner. Whereas a non-kosher animal is not for its meat. Therefore, fattening it is not considered to be beneficial. Therefore, it's a mutter for a non-kosher, not right. right. That's. That's what he's going to hold. We'll see what the Chachamim push back. But that's the sheet of Rebbe Lezer. So more of it's like this. Now again, here the Ron spoke out. Spoke out. We're talking about where the owner has made sure it's not going to die. He's the basic because if the animal's going to die, he has a, a right. That, and and, and but we're talking about that. It's, it, 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 it's going above and beyond that. It's fattening, uh, fattening it up as opposed to giving it its basic. Sustenance to survive. Because okay. basic sustenance to survive would be also either way, because that's for sure better. That's what's that? But forget about that. Even if, but the point is that that's for sure benefiting the owner. You're keeping his animal alive. So that for sure be in violation of the, of the nether. Right? So Moira says like this. So Moira says, so Amar Luhu, so the, he, so Rebeleza answered, answered the Chachamim, he said that, Tahira Nafshul Shamaim, that the animal's nefesh, the animal's nefesh belongs to, you don't own the animal's nefesh, that belongs to Hashem. But Gufa, but the body itself, that is Shalom. Why is the body yours? Because you eat it, right? By Tmeya, in the case of Tmeya, both Nafshul and Gufa Shamaim, they both don't own you, you don't own them, because I mean, you don't, you don't direct them because you can't eat it, right? So therefore, that's why you're allowed to feed a non-kosher animal. You're not allowed to feed the kosher because feeding kosher animals is directly benefiting as it puts on poundage. Your mom is lining the pocket of the owner because he's eating the meat. So Amrulai, so they said to him, Avat Meya. We disagree, but even it's mayor, it's an absolute shemaim, but It's the same thing, yes, they don't own the nefesh. But the body, the putting on the poundage, does directly benefit. Why? Because even though you can't eat it, but you can take it down to the neighborly uh, guy, and you can sell it to him, and the more poundage it has, he can sell it, and he can eat the meat. So that is considered to be benefiting directly the owner. Moses like the Shim Yurtse if he wants, Harehu Mokhalo or could feed it to his dogs. So therefore the extra poundage so now obviously the the, the, the Rebbe disagrees with that. Because he says since the primary purpose of the Bahamatameya is not for its meat but it's for avoda. That's 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 actually a secondary benefit. It's not a direct benefit. And more than that, as the Ron says, it actually takes away from its primary use by putting on the poundage. Therefore, he does not consider to see that to be problematic. Let's go back. Now, this is a cryptic statement. It says, when there's a nether between Reuben and Shimon, one of them allows to marry their daughter to the other one. Now, what we need to figure out, which way is the nether going, and which one's daughter is allowed to marry the other one. That is not clear from the ruling. That's what we have to figure out over here. So, it says the Gemara as follows. Have a boy, Rabbi Zeira. was perplexed. By the teaching of Rabbi Yitzchak. So he says, like Rabbi Zabachanani, I'm Rabbi Hunam. He says, but my asking, what are we dealing with? What is the situation right now? So let's speak it out in, in our terms. Ruvay made the nether that Shimon's not allowed to benefit from him, and it's Ruvay's daughter. So if that's the case, meaning Ruvay is the father of the Kalo. Shimon is not allowed to benefit, and then the ruling would be, nevertheless, Reuben's allowed to marry his daughter off. 
Now, the Gemara understands right now, the fact we're talking about Reuben marrying off his daughter, Zechariah, we're talking about either a, a, a Nara or a Ketana, someone that is in the jurisdiction of the father. Once she's Begarish, she's no longer in the jurisdiction, so he wouldn't be the one marrying her off, she marries herself off. But we're talking about a Ketana and a Nara. Now, Ketana and a Nara, he has jurisdictional rights, and he actually can sell her in the case of Akhtana, he could sell her for her uh, being a shifra, but Lechaira, but since she's in his jurisdiction, to give up his jurisdiction and give her over to the Chassid, on the very least, forget about the fact that she's a wife, but she also is, he takes on responsibilities like a shifra, I mean, she does have certain um, uh, responsibilities. Why is that not considered to be that the father is benefiting his son-in-law and he has a nether, the son-in-law is not allowed to get any benefit from him. L'chaira, that would be in violation of the nether. The Gemara says it cannot be that it was Shimon's, that Reuben answered Shimon from benefiting from him, and then Reuben turns around and marries his daughter off to Shimon, because then he's giving her all of these jurisdictional rights that have been given over, and that's a direct benefit to Shimon. So how can you tell me that he's allowed? That's the Gemara's the Gemara's kasha. So one says like this. So now, if you tell me, Ilem benichse adikala, that it was the father, Reuben's, the chosim, that are usher, on, on Shimon. And Reuben is the father of the Kalo. Hare Moshe lo shivcha lo shamsha. In the very least, he's giving over his jurisdictional rights over this girl to the Chassid, who is at least like a shivcha, getting those benefits. So how is that not considered to be beneficial? If that's not considered, and if that is considered to be beneficial, then what? Then it's violation of the nether. It's violation of the nether. Ella, says the it must be the other way around. It's benich se chosin asurin ala Kalo. Alabiyakalo means the case was that Shimon's nechassim were aser on Ruvain. Shimon's nechassim are over on Ruvain, and nevertheless, Ruvain is allowed to marry his daughter to Shimon. Now, lechayra, what's the what's what is the chiddush, right? What's the chiddush over here, right? So now, uh, what what is it saying basically is that. The father is not allowed to benefit from the son-in-law. Reuven is not allowed to get any benefit, but Reuven is allowed to marry her off. Why, why is that a chiz? What's the svara that you would have thought maybe that he would not, right? So the Ran says like this. The Ran says, He says like this, because... That since we're talk- dealing with Ektana or Enaira, who's required right now to feed her? The father. The father. So now by giving her over to the son-in-law, he now is saving himself from the, from the requirements of feeding her because the son now, the son-in-law now has to take that responsibility. So therefore, even so, Kamash Malan, you're allowed to do it. That's what the Havamina would have been. That's right. That's, that's, that's saving the mind. But Kamash Malan, it's not, it's indirect, it's not considered to be all, or, says the Mara, that can't be the Kiddush. Because our Mishnah said even more. Our Mishnah said that your, that uh, somebody that is also to benefit you is allowed to feed your wife while she's your wife and your daughter while she's your daughter. So tell me a Kiddush that you're allowed to marry off your daughter to this guy because it's saving you the food. Forget, even while she's a daughter he's allowed to go directly and feed her. So that can't be the Kiddush of that statement. What's that? You're asking a good question. According to what we had said, that maybe it's talking about yeah, specifically, sure. right. So that's not a, that would only be a kasha if you learn that I, because I, the Ryan doesn't say it's that the basics are already being taken care of. The Ryan just said it's only a mitzvah. Right. So meaning, 
Yeah, maybe that's not, so it's not like I'm saying, I mean, it's even including the basics. I hear what you're saying. I hear the kind. That's something to discuss in Eun. But either way, the point that it's making is, and, it, and by the way, yeah, I, I don't know. That's a good point. But the one I'm saying is like this. The Chayra, how could that be the Chiddush? The one I'm saying is like this. How could that be the Chiddush? The Chayra, G'daylem Izu Amru. Our Mishnah said even more. You know, right? Our Mishnah said, Zanas Ishtev Ezbonav. Directly the guy can feed the wife and, and still mutter. Fava Bishuchad Mazanas Seyen. Right? Uh, even though in such a case where he is Chayim, you can still go ahead and feed. So calls her Cain if you're giving her over to somebody that now, to the son-in-law, that now the father's no longer chayev, he can go ahead and do it. So that's, there's, there's no chiddush in it. It's not, the Amor is telling me something that's less of a chiddush than we find in the Mishnah. What do you have to tell me that? You're allowed to marry off the daughter. So we're back, so, the, so basically we're, we're, we're seem to be stuck here. If it's that Shimon is not allowed to get benefit from Ruvain, then how can Ruvain marry his daughter off to Shimon? That's considered getting a benefit. You're getting a shefcha. Right? And if it's Shimon, he's not allowed to get, uh, he's not allowed to, if, if, if Ruben's not allowed to get benefit from Shimon, right, then what's the novelty? Because you married her off, now you don't have to feed. Even if you don't marry her off, Shimon's allowed to go ahead and feed her. So what's the Chiddush? So one goes back to the original thing. It's like Ruben's Nechosim are Osir on Shimon. Ruben is not allowed to feed Shimon. Now, if Ruben's not allowed to feed Shimon, so our question was, that therefore Ruben's not allowed to benefit so I'm sorry, not benefit Shimon. Giving over the girl is benefit. The one says, we're not talking about a Ketana or a, a Nara. We're not talking about a Ketana or a Nara. She's in her own jurisdictional rights. So the reason why the father, the, 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 the Ron has to put a Knech, even though normally she's in her own jurisdictional right, who she's going to normally ask is it a good idea? She's going to ask the father. But since it's not really the father, jurisdiction, it's only her own, in such a case it's not viewed as the father getting giving the benefit to Shimon and therefore she can go ahead and marry she's independent, she's independent. that's the the Mishnah in the case was was even talking about a, a cotton or a uh, or, a, or the Isha I mean, that, uh, no, so it doesn't have to be, it could be either way Any, you, where you have by an Isha doesn't make a difference, the age right, the, now say the more like this we're not talking about, we're talking about umidaito. That's the answer, that the midaito means it's giving us the reason. Since she's in her own jurisdiction, it's her final decision. It's not the father's decision. It's her decision. So even if the father says it's a good idea, it's considered to be not the father benefiting Shimon, it's, she's making the decision, therefore it's not in violation of the nether. Tanya Namiyaku, the bride that supports us, that a person made a nether, that his friend is not allowed to benefit from him, also, he's not allowed to marry off the daughter, means he's not allowed to marry the daughter, which is a ktana or a nara, because then he is considered to, when he's giving over his jurisdictional rights to the guys who are benefiting. That is, she's a bagaris, then he's allowed to do it because Midaito, because then she's independent. It's her decision. It's not the decision of the father. I'm Rabbi Yaakov. 
Hamadir benoy letalmit tayr. Is that more than a case? We're talking about over here. A father sees his kid is he's got the potential to be a great ilui, is a big talmud chacham, and he wants to make sure that the kid just focuses on his learning and that he doesn't take advantage and ask the kid to do things for him that might take away the kid from his learning. So he makes a nether that I that that I am not allowed to get any benefit from my son. By making a nether that I'm not allowed to get any benefit from my son, that will prevent him down the line from doing what? Asking his son to do something that might be inimical to the learning of the kid. Right? That's the case. So I'm not allowed to get any benefit from my child. That still does not take away that the son is allowed to fill up a barrel of water for the father, or to light a, a, a lamp for him, and Rabbi Yitzhak cotton to roast for him a small fish. Now the Ron says a couple of things over here. First thing the Ron says, that these things are so small and uh, non-consequential, it won't really take away from the learning. And therefore, when the father made the nether, he did not mean to preclude, to exclude these type of activities. But the Ron says, at least in one version, but the items need to belong to the father. The items cannot belong to the son. Because if the items belong to the son, then it would be ossering... What's that? Well, of course, it doesn't, uh, it doesn't, does it say cotton? I don't know if it says that's a cotton. And again, you could be makna to a cotton laksha, laksha, after the shir, after the shir. So therefore, like this. So therefore, so that could be, so that, so that, so that's the one point the Ron makes. I understand that, I didn't see that anyone says it, but I also understand it like this, is the the son also has a mitzvah kibbutz aim. So you don't want to do something that completely wipes out the ability for the son to be able to do the mitzvah of kibbutz, you have to leave something open to him. So therefore, if there are these inconsequential things that don't necessarily take away from his learning, that wasn't precluded. But the Ron says, nevertheless, the items being used must belong to the father and should not belong to the son. So I'm saying, so therefore you have to leave, you have to leave a window for that, right? Now, Amar of Yirmi, Amar of Yehuda, Amar of Yerchanan. So, actually, it's interesting because we see that in this week's parasha that one of the things that Yaakov Avinu was, was nervous about is because he went to the yeshiva for 14 years and he wasn't able to do, so he, he wasn't able to do Kiwadava. Right. So, Amar Rabbi Yermi, Amar Rabbi Yechanan. Hamudra Anamachabera, Mutlash Kaisa Kaisal Sholem. There's a similar idea that even though, let's say, Ruben made a nether that his, he's not allowed to give any benefit to Shimon. Right? But it doesn't preclude the socially accepted thing to give a Kaisal Shalom. We'll see what Kaisal Shalom is. So, but Kaisal Shalom, that was not included in. So, therefore, it's not considered like I'm doing a service for you and then. That's a product, and that's appropriate to do. Ruben wouldn't have put himself in a situation where he looks bad by not being able to do it. Now, what is this Kaisal Shalom? We'll have to see. From everyone, mind me, someone says, Hakatar Gimu, in Babel, they explained it as, the minute used to be that when a person was in Avelus, they would give him ten cups of wine. That uh, the Mare Nefesh, the Mare Nefesh, whatever it is, it's, like it, it's, it's basically calms him down. So that is not considered to be like I'm doing a service. That's a social etiquette thing that we do. Now again, the Ron spoke out, that speaks out that the, the wine should be <coughs> belong to the Avel. 
should not belong to the uh, to the God giving it because then that would be a violation of the nether. The Ma'arav and Eretz Yisrael they said it's referring to something else. Amri Kreisel Beis Amerchatz. When this person used to go to the Beis Amerchatz, the Schwitz, they used to give him hot water to drink. Somehow the hot water replenishes his. Uh, what do they call those? Uh, electrolytes, yeah. The electrolytes, somehow gives him, makes him. So therefore, again, it's a social etiquette thing to do. Nachamol, the Ron says, but it should be the water belongs to the, doesn't belong to the, uh, the Madir. Let's keep going. For Lo Yazan as the Hamton, Bain, and should not feed his animals, whether it's the kosher animals or non-kosher animals, and the Chachamim, Rabbi Lazar came along and said, only the, the tmeim are you allowed to feed, but the kosher animals, they directly, you're benefiting by the poundage that you put on, because, and again, we're talking about the Ron said, where they have the basic, they have the basic, the living, they, 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 the needs for their, for, but it's, 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 it's the added poundage that we're dealing with. Now, Tanya, we learned in a brighter, Shu is Uza Oimer, Zan is that you are allowed Again, the Ron says, you're talking about a guy owns an Evid or a Shifcha, and he's fed, they're not going to die. Because if they're going to die, and you come and feed them, then your mom is, you're saving the guy's asset. So we're not talking about over here. We're talking about the Avadim and the Shvachos. Now, the purpose of Avadim and Shvachos over here is not to put on weight. The purpose of Avadim and Shvachos over here is to do service. So now, if you want to feed them extra, you're allowed to go ahead and do that. Because that's not considered to be a benefit, necessarily, to the owner. If I get they might end up doing less work. And you're not, the meat is not, you know, it's not for purpose of meat purposes. So you're not in violation of the nether. If you want to throw him like a dessert or whatever it is, not considered to be problematic. But However, the animals, putting on poundage on the animals, that is problematic. Whether kosher or not kosher, it goes like the chachamim, because even non-kosher putting on poundage is considered direct benefit, because that now the owner can go ahead and sell it to an over chachamim, and he gets more money per pound. Frank, the more of my time, and the more explains this. Now, in the chiro is an act when you don't shek the animal for meat. When you shek the animal for meat, it's called shechita. The chiro is literally, it means they used to, through the nostrils, pull out the simonim. But it means cutting an animal in a way that's going to kill it, but it's not going to be used for meat. So it's, 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 it's equating a Evid and a Shifcha, a non-Jewish Evid and a Shifcha, where you're not for meat, they're like an animal that you're not going to eat the meat. It's like for the purpose of Nechiro, which means oh, basic... What's that? No, what it's just trying to say, and therefore, they're putting on the poundage is not benefiting you in any way. Uh, yeah. What was the whole concept of Nechiro? Of Nechiro? Nechiro means I don't have to take the time to figure out shechting it correctly, I go go ahead and just stab the animal to kill it. If I have to go kill it, feed it to my dogs or oh. or whatever it is. But I don't have to do a shechita. So the same thing. There's no kosher animal. What's no, non-kosher? Okay. We do it for a non-kosher animal. So therefore, you're doing like a non-kosher. It's aimed with nechira. I mean, it's a negative statement. They're not. But but the means it's not for food. That's what it's trying to say. All right. Whereas behema lefetuma avdin, an animal whether it's kosher or non-kosher is beneficial for the fact if it fatten it, there is a benefit coming from it. What's the benefit from it? That in the kosher animal you can eat, a non-kosher animal you get more money from the Ebed But by the case of an Ebed and a Shifcha being more overweight, Fakir, actually takes away from its value and therefore there's no violation of the nether if you fatten up his Shifcha or his Ebed, where in, in, in animals there is because a benefit. It's also awesome. We'll stop over here, gentlemen. Have a good time.